0: Tim and Vicky thank you so much for the invitation and it is the weirdest experience speaking to you because I can't see your beautiful faces so um, I don't know you're making a cup of tea you're like yeah you get your legs out the window to get a bit of sunshine I don't know what you're doing but I really hope that what I bring tonight will encourage you and let you know that there is a God who is real and his presence is real in your life now I am ancient And recently I was like scrolling through Google, trying to like pass a bit of boredom time. And I discovered this amazing thing, which is this. The song that was number one on your 14th birthday apparently is the song that best defines your life mine is come on vogue let your body move to the music i mean, i am so ancient please don't quickly check how old i am but apparently that is a song that best defines my life i wonder what is the song that was number one when you were 14 but i think it's so right like it's a song that's a mixture of activism and escape It kind of sums me up because right now I am really missing being with my friends. I'm a mummy of two little kids. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. I didn't have an amazing kind of like social life before the lockdown. But at the moment, I'm really missing all that stuff. I'm missing being on a dance floor. I'm missing just hanging out and bumping into random strangers and actually being able to get close to people. But also, I'm finding as well that I'm living in this weird, Like emotional disorientating moment where I hear the news that COVID-19 has now made its nasty way to some of the most overcrowded slums in South Asia. And I can't even get my head around what will happen to, to people there. And that's me. I'm part activist, part escapist. Like I want to get involved. I hate the fact that I'm being told to stay home to save lives. Nothing in me wants to stay home. And yet I do, I do it willingly. But also I'm part escapist. Like sometimes it is too much, isn't it? And we don't know what to do with this. Well, actually scripture tells us that the song of our life is not the song that was number one on our 14th birthday. The song of our life is a song of freedom. Like you and I, we are called the redeemed ones. Our lives are not made better by Jesus. They're made completely new. We are the chosen. We are the deeply loved. In Psalm 107, it says this, God's love never runs out of, of, never runs out All of you set free by God, tell the world, tell how he freed you from fear, from oppression. And then he gathered you from all over the place, from the four winds, from the seven seas. And scripture is packed full of regular people like you and me, who just had to find ways to make that song of freedom the song of their life even when they were up against the most horrendous challenges and difficulties. Like if you and I know and follow Jesus, then the song of our lives is not only the song of freedom and release from fear and oppression, But we also stand with the bruised and the broken and those in isolation and those on the front line. Like, it doesn't make us escape from the world. It means that we have something to bring. I suppose if you look at the Bible, one of the things that unites all of these characters that are very ordinary, like you and me, is that whatever they were going through, they had the audacity to think that God cared about how they felt. <laughs> they had the audacity to think that actually, God would want them to pour out their hearts to Him. And so what I thought I'd do is just chat to you for a few minutes about one particular person. Like, she was alive thousands of years ago. Almost like, like what is the point of, of hearing her story? And yet, this story is drenched with so much wisdom for how you and I, right now, right today, Can be pouring out our heart to God. So her name is Hannah, and she is one of my shearers. She is so sassy. She is so amazing. She's got so much audacity. And I'm gonna read to you from one Samuel, which is a book in the Old Testament, but let me set the scene. So Hannah is alive at a time where not being able to have kids is like a major shame on your life. You are utterly rejected and you just walk around carrying this shame. And she is alive at a time where God's people don't go to a church to worship. They don't even go to a temple that is built out of stone. They are in the desert. She goes to a tent at a time when the people of God, like working out, how, how do we do this whole there's a God and we can't get close to him kind of thing and so there were really strict rules around who could and who couldn't dare to pour out their hearts to God and yet Hannah completely steps over all of that and brings her heart straight to God so I'm going to read to you from one Chat Samuel chapter 1 and verse starting at verse 9 uh, so if you if you've got a bible maybe turn it on get hold of it but I'm just going to read it to you so one Samuel, you're chapter 1 verse 9 to 18 Hannah pulled herself together slipped away quietly and entered the tent the sanctuary there was a priest called Eli he was on duty at the entrance to God's temple crushed in soul Hannah prayed to God and cried and cried inconsolably. And then she made this vow. Oh God of the angel armies, if you'll take a good hard look at my pain, if you'll quit neglecting me and go into action for me by giving me a son, I will give him completely unreservedly to you. I'll set him apart for a life of holy discipline. And it so happened that as she continued in prayer before God, Eli, the priest, was watching her closely. Hannah was praying in her heart silently, and her lips moved, but no sound was heard. And Eli jumped to the conclusion that she was drunk. He approached her and said, you are drunk. How long do you plan to keep this up? Sober up, woman. And Hannah, like, she could have run away, couldn't she? Like, she's just been shamed by this guy. But she stays there, and she says this, no. I'm a woman, hard used. I have been drinking, not a drop of wine or beer. The only thing I've been pouring out is my heart and pouring it out to God. Don't for a minute think that I've been drinking. It's because I'm so desperately unhappy and in such pain that I've stayed here so long. And Eli answered her, go in peace. And may the God of Israel give you what you have asked of him. And she says, think well of me and pray for me. And she went on her way. Then she ate heartily and her face was radiant. I think there are three things about what Hannah does that at the moment I'm trying to make a bit of a practice, a habit of my life. And the first is that she brings who she is boldly. She brings it, she takes up space. She goes to a place that no one has invited her to go and pray at. But she says, if that's where God is, that's where I want to be. And we can't underestimate how shocking and unusual this would have been. But Hannah doesn't wait for somebody else to make it possible. She doesn't look around and say, well, other people are having a worse time than me. So, you know, God's got a lot on his plate already. How can I bring my prayers to God? No, she brings it boldly, directly to God. And the second thing is, have you noticed? That even when someone challenges her and gets it wrong, and it's somebody in authority, it's somebody that's like, oh, right, am I about to be kicked out? She doesn't give up praying. She persists and she puts him right. Like she addresses the negativity, she addresses the fear, and she doesn't let anything stop her. I don't know about you, but I think at the moment, I sometimes find that my life grinds to a halt when kind of I come under a couple of tyrannies so like a tyranny is like where there's a power that wants to crush people and, and be and control them and be cruel and I think there's a tyranny of fear like I I deliver food parcels to, to people who are really um really ill they're really poor I deliver food parcels to homeless people and sex workers that are sleeping in tents and then sometimes I think <gasps> Like, what if something happens? Like, what if I get really sick? Like, what if I get COVID-19? What if people I like love get COVID-19? And sometimes there's tyranny of fear. Like, it's good to be cautious. It's good to be wise. But you know what I mean? That kind of tyranny of fear where you just feel like you can't do anything. And, and God, I can't pray about this because it's just too big. Like, that can stop me. That could have stopped Hannah. Or maybe the tyranny of apathy. Do you find that? You're in lockdown. Like, life is slowed right down, which is amazing. But it can also mean that actually what settles on us is this kind of, wow. (laughs) Like, what's the point of getting up? Like, what's the point of washing? (laughs) Like, what's the point of brushing my teeth? What's the point of eating well? What's the point of praying? Like, that apathy can settle on us. And it can stop us from praying and pouring out our hearts to God. But it doesn't stop Hannah nothing stops her she persists in her prayers and and maybe for some of us actually what we need to do is recognize the things that would stop us have you got a fear a real fear that's kind of every time you think about something it just holds you back or maybe you're a bit too laid back and god wants to wake you up and say come on pray talk to me about this stuff the first is she brings it boldly the second is nothing stops her and the third thing is whatever is going on for her once she's poured it out to God she leaves it with him she trusts that he is big enough to take whatever she's thrown at him whatever she's brought to him and it says at the end of that passage I read that she left Her face was radiant, like she was able to pick up life, she was able to get on with stuff because as she poured out her heart to God and she trusted Him with her heart attack, even before she got an answer, even before God gave her a son, He does give her a son, even before that happens, she is no, she knows that God hears her, she knows that God knows her, and that gives her confidence to pick up her life and to go into her life radiant. Now, Hannah is to me so inspirational she might be she might not be for you but we have somebody even greater than hannah don't we in hebrews chapter four paul who was the first the ultimate church planter vicky and tim i'm sure love paul um, paul um, talks with such like power about what happens when we as people that follow jesus pray And he says this in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. Now that we know what we have in Jesus, this great high priest with ready access to God, let's not let this slip through our fingers. We don't have in Jesus a priest who is out of touch with our reality. Like for Hannah, Eli doesn't get it. He's a priest in the temple, but he totally misreads what's going on for Hannah. Paul is saying, Jesus never misreads you. He never misunderstands what's going on for you. He never looks at you and thinks, wait a minute, I think I know what's going on here, but gets it wrong like he utterly knows you he knows what's going on for you he knows what tyranny you feel under he knows when you need to be woken up he knows when your heart needs to be soothed he knows what freedom you need right now Paul says this Jesus has been through weakness and testing he's experienced it all all but the sin and then he says this so let's walk right up to Jesus and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the grace. All of us, like Tim was saying, are living through this pandemic. And it's weird sometimes to think that's what's going on when the sun is shining and we've had a barbecue all afternoon. Like the movies never quite get it right, do they? Like life is super normal and completely obliterated from one normality at the same time. Like all of us are facing the same pandemic, but we're not all experiencing it the same way. And sometimes that can mean that we feel like, wow, we're all in this together. We all clap the NHS together on a Thursday night. Like we're all experiencing it the same, but we're also not. And many of us might feel that there's like a secret invisibility to the way that we're struggling. It might be that you think, well, no one else is thinking what I'm thinking. No one else is struggling like I'm struggling. And Paul's words written 2000 years ago are so relevant for you because it's about Jesus who is unchanging and when you pray when you have the audacity to pour out your heart to God you know that heaven is cheering you on That Jesus is saying, This is what I went through suffering for, so that you could know right on your kitchen floor when everything feels like strange and disorientated and discombobulated that in heaven you have a high priest who totally gets it and totally gets you. And whether your prayers have like capital S at the beginning and full stops at the end, or whether it's just like a thought or a feeling or whether it sounds a bit more like this, "Ah!" scripture says that Jesus hears you and he prays on your behalf. So like Hannah, you can pour out your heart to him. You cannot let anything stop you. And even before you get an answer to the prayer you're praying, you can know the full comfort and hope of knowing that you are heard and that you are known and God's presence surrounds you and fills you even in the midst of a pandemic even when we know all the things that our world needs we want the virus to end we want there to be a vaccine we want all this kind of stuff and we pray for this but actually ultimately what we need more than anything is a powerful presence of God and Jesus makes that possible in our lives because we know that neither death nor life nor angels or demons nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God. So whatever's on your heart, pour it out to God. You have full access and you are fully known. i tell you what, I'm going to hand back to Tim and Vicky in a minute, but first I'd love just to pray for you. I have no idea anything about your life, but I know that God knows everything about your life and wants to give you right now a sense of his presence his power and his hopes. i'd love to pray that for you if that's okay holy spirit you can do what only you can do which is sharp in our lives right now and make jesus real to us like all the props that maybe we normally rely on to give us clues god that you're here like going to the church building being with our friends being in a certain place. They're they're not there anymore. We're just sat at home. We're just surrounded by the everyday normal stuff. We're faced with ourselves all the time. And it seems so weird to think that this would be a place that you would want to come and bring your presence and power, but you do. You're our great high priest, Jesus. And we pray, Spirit, that you'll make Jesus real to us. And I pray for every person watching this, that whatever right now they need to pour out to you, will you give them the words, will you give them the courage? And as they pour out their heart to you, may they know, God, that you hear them and you know them and you love them with an everlasting love. And that the sum of their life is hope and freedom. And whatever happens today and tomorrow, may they know that you are always in their life, in your name, amen.